Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us, please? One, two, three, four, and... Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. We are a vibrant spiritual community learning to love God, love others, and serve the world. My name is Randy Wilkinson, and I'll tell you what I really love about this church, and that's all of you people out there, and I hope you feel welcome. As Christ welcomed us with open arms and a loving heart, we too welcome you. Wherever you have been, whatever you have done, no matter your past or present, you have a future. Christ came, lived, and died, and rose again to ensure that future. If you are a first-time guest with us, please let us know by filling out this blue card, which is in the pew pocket, and then you can put these in the offering box that's out in the foyer when you leave. We would like first to share a few announcements with you about what is going on in the life of the church. We are a praying church, and you will find also in your pew pocket one of these yellow cards, which is a prayer, prayer request card. You can fill these out and also return those to the offering box out in the lobby. You should also find in the pew pocket a, <clears throat> a QR code, and if you would like an electronic bulletin, Use your smart device to click on the QR code and you will be transported to the web page where you will find the bulletin, you'll find prayer requests and other information about our church and also ways to give to the church. We are excited to hold the pumpkin patch in the month of October and we will need the church to mobilize to this great effort. 
To tell us more about this year's pumpkin patch planning are co-leaders Susan Flores and Jill Hempel. Good morning, everybody. So as everybody knows, this is a major effort by our church, and it's a huge outreach to the community. And it's going to be another great opportunity for us to reach out this year. This year, Jill Hampel and I will be working together to lead the patch. But there's a lot about to happen, and there's so very much to do. And we hope each and every one of you, yes, you and you and you, will come to the meeting Sunday after the 11 o'clock service to see if there's something, anything, that you can do to help, even if it's a small thing. But at next, next week's meeting, just a few of the topics that we need to discuss are the clean up the area and the decorate days and how we can pick up the hay and get it unloaded and obtaining wooden pallets from local businesses and the pumpkin bread. Do we do it? Do we not do it? So please, consider this as me asking you, in particular, to help out any way you can. Come to the meeting Sunday because we really need you. Thanks. Thank you, Susan. And now Jesse Spina, our Director of Christian Education, will share some announcements. Morning. I'm so ready for pumpkins. Is it just me? It should be fall already, right? It should be fall and fall weather. So we have another round of safe gatherings trainings to get us ready for Pumpkin Patch. Once again, Pumpkin Patch is a church event. And according to our responsibilities for safe gatherings and for our conference to keep people safe, we are supposed to be compliant and have two safe gatherings of trained adults in the Pumpkin Patch all of the time. I can tell you that we will not anywhere meet that. Um, and we have not met that, and that's my fault. You know what? I didn't look at it as a church event in the past. I really didn't. But that was a mistake on my part, and it's something our congregation should be doing to make sure that everybody who comes onto our campus is safe and well cared for. So if you are interested in being Safe Gatherings trained, um, Safe Gatherings is our safety program that teaches about uh, how to care for vulnerable populations. That does not just include children. It includes youth and adults also. We have vulnerable adults here in this church that fall into that category. And it's our job to care for them. If you have ever been born, if you've ever been a kid, if you've ever been a youth, you have been a vulnerable person. If you have ever been sick in your life and needed somebody else to care for you, you have been a vulnerable person. If you have ever had a surgery and had to go under anesthesia and could not make choices for yourself in that time, you were a vulnerable person. If you want to live a long and glorious life by the gift of God, well into old age, you might be a vulnerable person again. And I hope that happens for every single one of us here. But we all fall into those categories at some point in our life. And when we're in those categories, we depend on our community to take care of us and our family to take care of us. And that's all we're asking is that we take care of our family here at this church. So we have two trainings set up the first week of September, September 4th, which is the next Sunday, after the pumpkin patch meeting, we will be having step two, which is just a PowerPoint presentation. I lead you through it. We can go super fast. I know the information. Um, it starts at 1.30. And um, it is, I schedule it for two hours, but it would not take two hours for us to do. And then September 8th, which is the Thursday, from 6 to 8 p.m. is our step three. It's a webinar that's required by the conference. Um, to hit points that the conference feels are very important and to keep us in compliance with our insurance policies, which is hugely important. Uh, so step three is uh, 
the September 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. If you are feeling called to help with this matter, to make sure that we are in compliance in our pumpkin patch and in all church activities, please, please reach out to me or show up on either one of those dates. They are posted out in the um, lobby. We also have a group volunteering opportunity. I know we did the food bank not too long ago. We did the warehouse, and we got to pack all sorts of snack bags at the beginning of summer. Um, and I had a couple people, when we were doing that, tell me that they wanted to try out the community kitchen that the, where the food bank does. So I've scheduled a group volunteer opportunity for September 10th. It's uh, two Saturdays from now, from 3 to 7 p.m., and we will be volunteering in the Haven for Hope um, community kitchen that they have preparing dinner. Uh, Haven for Hope and the San Antonio Food Bank work together to reach communities in downtown San Antonio that need help, that don't have access to food or ways to cook food because we do have many community members that don't have, say, power in their houses and cannot cook. So it's a wonderful opportunity to be a part of your community and help out that way. Uh, if you want more information about that, you do have to be pre-registered to grow and volunteers have to be 15 or older. Reach out to me or check our um, Facebook page. It's also on our front page of our website and the little scrolling pictures for more information on that. Lastly, since we're already talking about pumpkins, we are doing trunk or treat this year and Halloween candy is actually already in the stores. So if you would like to donate towards trunk or treat, I will have a collection out there the whole month of September and October to collect Halloween candy, Halloween prizes, stickers, um, whatever you want to spoil kids in our community with, we would love for you to share it with us. And we would appreciate all donations. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. I just thought of something. I kind of even look like a pumpkin today. So. <laughs> Today's scripture reading is from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 20 through 29. I think you can find it on page 920 of your view Bible. After they brought the boy to him, when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And his father said, from childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, help us. Have compassion on us. Jesus said to him, if you are able... All things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. The word of God for the people of God. And now, would you say the prayer of St. Francis with me, and it'll be up on the screen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, 
Grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. Desperation, I'll seek heaven and pray this for for your healing, but circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. 
don't know if you all were expecting this, but you had a whole backup choir. The whole front pew was singing along with you. That was beautiful. I'd like to invite the kiddos forward for their children's time. I know we, uh, we started a new week of school this week, right? Mr. Anakin got to start week a week or, uh, school a week early, so he's a, he's a pro at it now, right? You've had two weeks. You know everything there is to know about school. Is that right? And we have a lot to catch up on, and I can't wait to do that in class. But we're going to try doing something new here. Is that okay? Can we try new things in here? So we're going to do smaller children's sermons, and we're going to talk about and let the grown-ups in on the secrets that we have over there and what we do over there. Because, you know, grown-ups, they have to sit in here and, like, listen and pay attention, and they don't get to do all the cool stuff that we do. And we want to let them know what they're missing out on. Is that okay? I'm kidding. I know it's really cool to be in here, too. But we're going we're gonna to share with them what we do over there every week also. And maybe instead of calling it a children's sermon, we need to find a new name. Maybe this could be our spark moment. And over there is spark worship. What do you guys think about that? Oh, they have grown-ups time after us, right? We've got to run away for that. We want to have the kids' time. So today, today we're going to be talking about prayer. Do you guys pray a lot? No way. Yes, we got mixed answers here. That was my child, too. You're welcome, everyone. We're here all day. Um, <laughs> prayer, prayer was actually, it's a way for us to communicate with God, right? Prayer is an awesome and beautiful thing. It's a gift to us that God has given to us so that we can feel our connection with him, right? We know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of our hearts, and when we talk to God, we're using the Holy Spirit to talk to him. And before Jesus came, it was a different story. We've talked about how people had to go to the temple, and they had to make themselves clean, and they had to do rituals in order to talk to God. They couldn't be in the middle of their day and stop and say, hey, God, I'm struggling with something. I need to talk to you. Hey, God, this really awesome thing just happened. Thank you so much. Hey, God, I'm sad right now. I need a hug. They couldn't just do that. We had to go to a temple to talk to God. Thank you, Anakin. And we're going to talk about the amazing gift that prayer is when we go over to Spark Worship today. And we're going to talk about how it gives us powers, how it gives us mm, a lifesaver, like a life raft. You love lifesavers? It's a different lifesaver, though. You don't want to eat the one that you float on. And it, just, it gives us all sorts of benefits. If we use it, prayer only works like a telephone, a telephone will not have you talk to another person unless you pick it up and you make the call, right? You have to make the call. It's the same with prayer. We have to use prayer for it to be a tool for us. And we're going to talk about that, okay? So over in Spark Worship, for my grown-ups out there who haven't gotten to experience how cool it is, over in Spark Worship, we do, every Sunday, we have music, message, and move. And in the music part, we do three different VBS-style songs. So we have music videos with lyrics and the kids can dance along if they want to so they can get their energy out. Um, and then we, every month we have a focus verse song. So they're learning a scripture verse to song every single month. This month we're learning, do you guys remember what it is? Joshua 1.9, no, that's not what it is. That was a couple months ago. It's Luke 6.31, and that's the golden rule that we're learning this week. I thought it was a good one for starting the new school year, right? That's exactly right. And then we move on to our message, and our message has many parts to it. We have a focus verse that it's all centered around. We do responsive readings, so the kids are used to doing that when they come into grown-up worship, and it doesn't feel like you all are taken over by aliens and suddenly talking. And um, 
we do a Bible video, right? We have a Bible story that's often there. You know, Bible stories can be funny, so we like to find the humor in the Bible. And then Miss Jessie gives a short message before we move on to our move section. And when we are moving, we are up and we're active. We do crafts and we have activities and we generally get to just hang out and fellowship with each other. And the kids, kids get to be kids, right? While preparing themselves to come into grown-up worship. Because you know what? All of those things are kind of in grown-up worship too. All of those things are maybe not crafts, although I guarantee there's some grown-ups that sit in here and they, they write and they take notes and they doodle while they're listening. Because sometimes it helps you listen if you're doing something else also. And uh, we sing and we do responsive readings. So they're all things to prepare these kiddos to be a part of this church someday. So today we're going to be making prayer phones. We're going to be making prayer flags to take home. And our activity is going to be a prayer bearer board game that we have that you guys love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So are you guys ready to go to Spark Worship? Yes. Okay. We're going to bow our heads, fold our hands, and close our eyes. And we're going to talk to God before we go over. All right. Say, dear God, thank you for the gift of prayer. So we can talk to you whenever we need your help. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're going to try something else that's new. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Instead of exiting out of the side, we're going to go right back down the middle so we can check security wristbands before we go into Spark Worship. So we're going to exit out the middle this time. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I'm the pastor here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. And as is our habit, because you heard we're praying church, we pray in this community by raising your hand, and you can lift your prayer concerns, and they'll hand you a mic. Monty's got one. He'll run down the aisle, kind of like Monty Hall from, what, what show was that? This Make a Deal? He's going to make a deal. You raise your hand, give your name, he'll give you the mic, and tell us your prayer request. I'm going to write your prayer request down. We'll share that also with our Facebook Confidential Prayer page, facilitated by Susan Flores, and our prayer group that meets here Monday at 6 p.m. You're welcome to join us where we pray over every request. We'll continue to hold all our teachers and school workers and students in our prayer for a safe and successful year. Lord, hear our prayers. We give God thanks for the recent rains. Lord, hear our praise. We ask God that all people receive ample doses of wisdom, guidance, clarity, and peace. Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for our own self, our family, and our friends, all who are ill and in need of God's healing and grace. Lord, hear our prayers. Now let's just take a few moments to silent our hearts before God and ask God for what you need. Let us pray. Dear God, you ask us to bring our troubles, our needs, our whole self before you in prayer, asking for what we need. And too often we bring you our easy prayers, our little needs, perhaps not completely trusting in your promise of grace. And too often we pray safe prayers. We set the bar low, knowing 
that we have a good chance for a positive answer from you. Forgive us for not trusting in your power, your amazing grace, your love. Today we break open our hearts and pour out to you our deepest needs and desires. Our request for healing and hope and new life. You gave us Christ to teach us how to pray. And in believing, receive what we need. Thank you for continuing to have patience as we live and learn the lessons of love. And we do trust in you. We trust in your son, Jesus Christ. We trust in the Holy Spirit to continue blessing. And now we pray together the prayer that Christ taught his disciples as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be our name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I grew up watching a television show called Ripley's Believe It or Not. Anybody ever see that? Okay. Well, the genesis of the show started in 1918 with comic strip from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And then he did a radio show called Ripley's Believe It or Not. And then finally, this television show. And now, even today, there are museums called Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditoriums. ODD, get it? We even have one here in San Antonio. Did you know that? Jesse took the youth there earlier this summer. In those um, auditoriums, he provided to us a place where we could learn that truth is stranger than fiction. The unbelievable comes alive right before your very eyes. And this place encourages unusual and fascinating exhibits collected all around the world by Robert Ripley. He shared these oddities so that we might be amazed, so that we might know that the world around us is an astounding place. He challenged us about what we believe. That sounds a lot like the Bible, doesn't it? Stories that come to life before our very eyes, stories, stories that challenge us about what is real and what we can believe. So let's look together at a verse in the Bible. It's Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It's in, on page 923 in your pew Bible. I know, it's a big passage. You ready? If you have it before it, read it with me. And here is Jesus speaking. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The gospel according to Mark is the shortest of the four synoptic gospels, and it's reportedly the oldest of all the gospel accounts. It was written anonymously, but many people believe that it was written in 64 AD by John Mark, who was not an apostle, but he was a follower of Jesus, and he mostly traveled with the apostle Peter. And so we have an understanding that this book of Mark are the stories 
according to Peter, as he witnessed them, and Mark wrote them down. This is a book, shortest book, uh, has only 16 chapters, and the last few verses of the resurrection account wasn't included, so some people kind of made that up at the end because they needed an ending. Also, um, what else about Mark? It's a mysterious gospel. It did not start with the birth events. It's the only gospel that doesn't talk about genealogy or birth of Jesus. He goes right into Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River and then carries on. Over half of the book of Mark is about miracles and healings and stories of miracles and healings. It's a fast-paced book. So if you want to read the Bible and you haven't read it all and you want to start with the shortest chapter in the gospel, go to Mark because you'll find it exciting and fast. And so in the book today, we read from 11, verse 24, and Jesus is telling them how to pray, what to expect. He's asking us, even us today, what do you believe in? What do you believe? Now, belief is an interesting thing. It's complex. It's multifaceted. It's layered with emotions and defined by our own unique experiences, traumas, perceptions, and pain. Belief is a powerful and driving force, and it can and will create miracles. For instance, think about this. Our doctor says he has a pill or a treatment that will make us well. We have faith in the doctor, and so we take the pill. We accept the treatment. We have a guide, a hiking guide. Now, I'm not much of a hiker, but if you were a hiker and you wanted to know about a trail, you would go to a guide, and the guide says to you, this trail will take you two hours to hike it. Well, we believe that the, the person who's guiding you has experience, right? can show you the way to go. And so you prepare to hike for two hours. And think about this. You have a coach. And the coach has been successful and has many wins. And we've seen the coach win time after time after time. And we believe in their leadership. We believe that the coach is trustworthy and true. Now, all of these beliefs can also be transferred to our religious faith as well. To a person of faith, we believe and trust in God to help cure and treat all our ailments. Right? Some people are like, maybe. We believe that Jesus came to be our guide and that he experienced the trails and trials of life. And we trust that he can guide us safely home. Can I get an amen to that? And with the Holy Spirit as our coach, we believe we can rely in the Holy Spirit's comfort and counsel in every area of our life. Here Jesus asks us to believe in God, believe in him, believe in the power of the Holy Spirit vested, residing within us. He's asking us to believe in the power of prayer. What are we to believe? The first scripture we heard that Randy read was from Mark chapter 9, verse 20 through 29. And here we learn of a story. The disciples, it's astounding to me when I read these stories, the disciples have now spent, in total, they're going to have three years with Jesus. Day in, day out, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, they're spending with our Savior Jesus Christ. And yet, when things happen along the road, 
they have a hard time believing what Jesus is doing. They see it with their eyes, and yet they still have a hard time believing. They lack faith that they themselves could do the same kind of healing. They can't perform miracles, they think. They lacked the faith that they could heal and restore others in Jesus' name. They didn't believe in the harder hearts that with God all things are possible. They doubted themselves. Now, doubt is questioning what we believe. And I'll be honest with you, every single believer of every single time has often or sometimes had doubts. We struggle our whole life with doubts. And imagine in the story that Randy read, being the father of this child who was known to have cast himself, his body, into the fire. This child who had thrown himself into the water as to drown. This child who could not speak. Imagine being the father. What we would believe is, I can't believe this is happening. We'd like to look the other way because it's just too disturbing. And the disciples tried, but they just couldn't heal this child. Maybe they doubted that they could help. Ultimately, Jesus was just asking them to believe. Believe that God can and will use them to bring about healing. And Jesus said, only if we believe, then fantastic, miraculous things can happen. He, assured, he assures us that God is moving among us, that we can believe in God's grace and love. But even the father in this story, did you note what he said? God, help me to overcome my unbelief. The simple truth is that belief in God requires faith in something that cannot be proven, cannot be seen with our physical eyes. God is like oxygen. You can't see oxygen, but we all need oxygen to live. The Holy Spirit, in Hebrew, it's ruach, and it literally means wind. So the Holy Spirit is invisible to the eye, but like the wind, you can see it moving in the tree branches. And you see, all that requires faith. Faith is to believe in that which we cannot see. What do you believe? That's a hard question to answer, isn't it? We believe what we believe defines who we are. And belief can bring us together or tear us apart. And right now, there are battles being waged in the United Methodist Church. And it's all about beliefs. And it's all about misbeliefs. You see, United Methodists have a huge umbrella of beliefs from traditional to progressive. And I believe, like our bishop, Robert Schnazy, recently said, that the United Methodists have a huge umbrella of beliefs and that it is big enough for all of us to find God, to serve God, to be transformed by God. I have a copy of the article that will appear in the September highlight. In it, Bishop Snazy outlines the way forward, his beliefs on our way forward. The founder of United Methodist, his name was John Wesley, and John Wesley wrote this. As to all opinions which do not strike at the heart of Christianity, we think and let think. And though we cannot all think alike, may we not love alike. May we not have one heart, even though we don't have one opinion. 
And without all doubt, may we, herein, all the children of God, unite, notwithstanding these small differences. I believe that we can remain united, and that is my prayer of faith. One way I pray is by believing and receiving Jesus is through music. This church has an amazing music program, and I know many of you receive blessings in your prayers through the music ministry. This morning, Kathy sang a beautiful song. Thank you, Kathy, for doing that. You know, we didn't talk about this before. She picks it. But I love this song, and when I first heard it, I was driving in my car, and as I sang it along with you today, I remember raising my hands. I almost had to pull over because it's hard to drive with no hands. <laughs> but I had to raise my hands and pray for all those people who needed healing and restoration and faith in Jesus' name. And every time I hear that song, it just reminds me of the power found in Jesus' name. Now, you need to know about who wrote this song. Katie Nicole, 21 years old, wrote and performs this song. If you look it up online or hear it on YouTube, it's not near as pretty as Kathy did. But Katie Nicole was born with scoliosis, so her back was twisted, and she was um, handicapped. And so she had surgery to repair it, and they put a lot of metal rods and things in her back. When she got out of surgery, it didn't work. And she was in terrible pain for three years. She was in excruciating pain. She was tortured mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. She was on her last road. And so she was writing in her journal, and all this time writing about her pain, and trusting that in Jesus' name she could be healed. And so she had a second surgery, and that surgery was to remove all that metal that they had put in her back. And she said when she awoke from surgery, she immediately knew that she was healed. She had no more pain. The cloud of depression that had just completely covered her mind and heart was gone. And she knew that she had been healed in Jesus' name. And she wanted to share that message with people, so she wrote this song, which is really all over the place, isn't it? She wanted to bear witness that Jesus still heals. And this song bears witness to that. I wonder, what is God doing in and through you in Jesus' name? How are you praying in Jesus' name? There's a woman that taught me a lot about faith, um, believing and receiving. Her name was Agnes Sanford, and she was a remarkable woman of faith. She was a child of Presbyterian missionaries in China, so she grew up with Presbyterian ministry uh, parents. She eventually married an Episcopal priest. She uh, was a theologian herself, and so she demonstrated in her life that miracles can and still do happen, that healing still occurs. And I thought she was really wise and awesome, even when she said that ministers are especially bad about praying. She said that. She said it because they never really ask for anything except general things, right? Ministers, bless this, bless that, but they don't pray in specific. And Agnes Sanford thought that was because the pastor may be afraid the prayer wouldn't be answered, and that would affect their faith, and it would affect the faith of the people in the congregation as well. Ouch. 
That hurts, doesn't it? She said ministers were afraid to ask for anything or everything because they feel like they might not get it. And so they just don't ask. So speaking of these ministers, she once said she had a vision of Jesus standing with his hands tied behind his back, unable to do anything because no one dared to do or ask to do anything. And she dared us. She dared us to do like Jesus would do. Go ahead and ask for anything. Ask for healing. Ask to be healed. Don't worry about the little voice inside you that says it's not going to happen or that God doesn't care, that you can't change God. She counseled, don't worry about that little voice of doubt. She said, of course that voice is going to be there. It's a product of centuries of skepticism, doubt, and all that. She said, just drown it out with your own prayers and pray for miracles. She had an enormously successful career as a physical faith healer. And she said anyone who wanted to come to her for prayer, she would receive, and they could be healed. I read her book. It's called The Healing Light by Agnes Sanford. And I found myself daring to pray for people who come to me for help, as Sanford did, as Jesus did, praying for healing. So Jesus said this, I tell you, whatever you ask, ask for in prayer and believe you have received it and it will be yours. So Jesus is spelling it out for us. He wasn't intimidated by the least of what we would ask for. He left it wide open. He said, whatever you pray, if you have a need in your life, no matter what it is, if it seems like a mountain to you, it doesn't matter. Speak to your situation. Have faith in God and believe that God will take care of it. Let go and let God do what God said he would do. Yeah, sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Letting go, believing that you may receive, but the moment you let go, you can rest in God's hands, God's abilities alone. Believe it and receive it, and it will be yours. Jesus said that to us, and I believe it. How about you? Yeah. May God grant us increased faith that whatever we ask for in prayer, that we may believe it and we may receive it. And the miracles of God pour over you exactly as God has planned for you. In Jesus' name. Amen? Oh, amen. I wish we could sing the song again, Kathy. But I don't think people want to go to Sunday school. I will tell you this. Um, as we think about our response, pray about what God is doing for you to come receive it, come believe it. Uh, I pray that you will find yourself more willing to be a disciple for God in this church. Now, I don't know what that means. Does it mean pumpkin patch? Susan says, yeah. Does it mean giving? Does it mean serving as a Sunday school leader, studying the Bible? God will tell you and speak to your heart about what you need to do. But all I can say is I thank God for you. And I believe you'll find a way. Let's stand together as we sing the doxology, which is a song of praise, thanking God for all the many gifts in our life.
And so, as an invitation to discipleship, every week we say together our mission statement. Sometimes I tease that we're not going to put it up there, but we always do, because I know you have it memorized. But for those of you who are not members, we want you to know this is our mission. This is why we are here to be a church for Jesus Christ. Will you say it with me? The mission of Helotus Hills United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I'm so glad to be about this business with you. We're so glad that you were in worship today, and I hope that you walked away from here believing in the power of Jesus' name, that we might pray it, believe it, and receive it. And then to the glory of God, carry that light out like Monty did into the world because there are people who need to know the light of Christ. Will you do that? We're glad you're here. Be blessed for your week and come back and join us again next week and go with God. Amen?